You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me? Ryan Shazier. That's right. Young man playing ball last night. Monday night game. Former Buckeye. And serious, serious concern of mine at this time in, in the hospital in Cincinnati. So for uh, all of you out there, uh, please keep him in prayer. Uh, Ryan uh, received a neck injury making a tackle last night, and uh, it just puts everything into perspective. It's a game, but men could be seriously hurt and injured in, in a game, a very violent game. It's called football, and uh, sometimes when you ask a person, are you ready for some football? I'm not sure they're always ready for what really may happen or what could happen. Not to say that, that was a, that was the case with Ryan, but uh, certainly we'll keep him and his family uh, in, in prayer to a couple things I want to talk about in the show today. Uh, of course, Willie's going to join me. I think Willie might already be there. Willie, you there? Yes, sir. How's it going, Ray? Oh, I'm doing good, man. How are things in the OH? I, oh, oh, we're great. And as you said, uh, I'd like to uh, echo those sentiments and send prayers out to uh, Ryan Shazier and his family. Uh, definitely tough to, to watch anybody that saw that, that play in, in the aftermath um, last night during the game. And as you said, a little closer to home. Uh, for us, as as he being a a Buckeye, um, so uh, definitely want to uh, send our, our our prayers to him and, and his family. And interestingly enough, uh, um, right, his father uh, Vernon says he's actually the the team chaplain for the Miami Dolphins. Oh wow! Um, uh, yeah, yeah, his uh, a friend of mine uh, got uh, pretty close to to his family during his time here in Columbus. So. Uh, yeah, his dad is actually the, the chaplain, chaplain for the Dolphins, so I uh, definitely want to keep him uh, lifted as well. Yeah, I uh, I believe I, I was listening to the, uh, one of the big boy shows today, and I heard that the family was uh, flown in on a private jet. I'm sure that private jet was uh, facilitated by the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, uh, uh, ownership. Uh, got the family, the mom and dad, I believe, into Cincinnati to, to visit with Ryan. Uh, interesting, the Dolphins I played uh, they had a game to play, I guess, Sunday. So um, uh, I'm sure the dad was praying for his son and, and, and all the Dolphins as well. Um, but th- let's just talk about that a little bit because I wanted to um, I wanted to address just uh, the game last night because there were, there were a few things said by some of those people providing commentary to the game. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 I, you know, some of these same people at times, I think they forget uh, just how much passion and aggression uh, that they uh, bring to the game uh, by facilitating the roles that they played in the game. Uh, in, in particular, uh, Gruden. Uh, John John wanted you to be the most aggressive ball player you could possibly be. And, you know, John had passion and would slam his fist around and was very emotional on the sideline. And, and, and sometimes... I, I perhaps maybe what Juju Schuster did perhaps perhaps maybe was a bit too much in terms of taunting, standing over a man after you know he's he's injured and, and you know that you've applied you've afflicted some pain to him and you can see he's in pain and then to stand over him like that, I think that is a bit much. Um, but certainly uh, the way uh, some of the comments by some of the people you know broadcasting and providing commentary, I think they they just go a little bit too far with it. It's a very physical game. You're trying to you're trying to change a game, the way a game is played midstream. You know, the, the, the guy, even the guys that are playing today, all of these guys were not bought up to play the game the way it is to be played in the National Football League. Some of these guys were bought up to play the game just as violently as I played it years ago. And it, it it takes some time. It's a it's a it's a little art and a little science to tackling an individual that sometimes are some of the fastest men in the world, and sometimes right. some of the biggest, strongest men in the world. And 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 how you position your body, your head, your helmet, your forearm, your shoulder, and and you have to think about this. That, that, that's, that's, I think, sometimes, I think, Willie, people don't think about 
most of the times when you play professional sports, you don't want to think a whole lot about stuff. You already have to be programmed to just react and do what you've seen before in practice and just the subconscious mind just takes over. When you're out there thinking too much, you don't have time to think. Right. <laughs> you, you don't have time to think. And so, um, I don't know, I just think it's a bit harsh in terms of uh, perhaps maybe some of the commentary um, that's, that's been out there about these guys that are playing and the game that they're playing. Well, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting that um, your, your, your thoughts on that as a former player because, and as you said, you've been in those, uh, those same um, situations where you've had to make a tackle, you've had uh, to have your head on the swivel to make sure that you don't get, um, you don't fall prey to the crackback block, if you will. Yes. And uh, um, I think with Gruden, and, and I've heard this before about other players as well, that the further away they get from the fray, if you will, the further away they get from the on-field presence of the game, those tendencies, those thoughts tend to change. And as you said, uh, Gruden, I mean, they called him Chucky yes, because of his fiery personality, his facial expressions, uh, things of that nature. And every year his name comes up in coaching, in the coaching carousel. He's going to Tennessee. He's going here. He's going here. He's going there. And every year he goes right back to the booth. And I think, you know, I don't want to say that he lost his drive. He lost his hunger, his passion for the game. Clearly not because he's still involved as, as an analyst, but um, those, no man, perhaps those those uh, thoughts and those tendencies have begun to uh, uh, transform for him, and he's seeing the game as as other former players have as well. Like you know, this is a violent game now, and then you have the uh, what what's been publicized now with with head trauma and concussions and things of that nature, and it, and it begins to uh, change the perspective of, of those who, who even participated in the game. Now, let me, let me say this, um, because I don't want my, my perspective to be misinterpreted. I am for player safety 200%. Uh, I, when I watch football, I cringe. I, I can't believe I let my son play football. I, I truly cannot believe, you know, based upon how my career ended, uh, some of the violent collisions I was involved in, uh, me being in an unconscious state, other people being in an unconscious state, uh, just looking at it. I, I, can't, I, I can't believe there is such a game. I, I truly could not. Uh, but at the same time, I do enjoy watching the game. Um, anybody who listens to this show knows that um, I'm one who uh, believes in a very physical game, uh, that, that style of play. Um, I was one that there was a time where there was uh, entertainment value that could be translated into dollars and cents uh, based upon the ability that you had to uh, hit. And I mean, really, 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 really collide with somebody. The willingness to do that. Not everybody wants to do that. that it takes a heart to do that. What, uh, what, what, what Juju did when he um, went after the big fella linebacker, it takes heart to go after a big man like that. And you a wide receiver, even though you got nice size on you and he ain't looking, still it takes it takes some heart to go get a man like that. And not a, and not a, not everybody will do that. Right. You're right. And, and to to that point though about uh uh Juju Smith Schuster and, and Fontes Perfect, and him standing over him, I think if that was anybody else, I don't think he stands over him like that. Well I don't but, think well uh, well that that man of all men was probably the wrong man for him to stand over, knowing that they both young in their careers. He go see him again. <laughs> well, you know what that was. I mean, and, and oh, that yeah. was retaliation. Because if you heard in the locker room after the game when Juju was attempting to apologize, you heard Antonio Brown in the background. You know, I got you fine. I'm yeah. paying you fine. Touchdown Brown gonna pay the fine for you. Yeah, I, you I, know, I, and, and I don't. I don't condone that. That that type sure. of rhetoric either. That that was. There's no room for that. That's not. Well, sure. see, I also believe this. I, I I would never want to advocate for it, but I do believe that in a in a in a, in a strangest scenario, that some players could actually be charged with assault with a deadly weapon based upon using their equipment, particularly their helmet, and attacking another player. Wow. 
You know, I, I mean, you know, if you if you if you think about it, I mean, that's really what it, I mean. A crackback is basically a sucker punch. If you walked right. up to somebody on the street, and you sucker punched them like that. You know, that that's assault. You know, right. a, a man, right. a man is not looking and you you hit him like that, particularly when you right. go get him. Now, what I think they should change about the crackback block is you go and you must throw your hands and your chest up. And you'll get you, you won't get the same effect, but you'll you'll accomplish what you're trying to do. And that will prevent that guy from getting in on the play. Right. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I mean, Phoenix Living Like It Matters. And we'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, Ryan Shazier, who was hurt last night in a game with the Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to ask that all those out there who are listening to uh, please uh, send up a prayer for Ryan and, and that he returns uh, in the best health uh, that he possibly can. I hopefully he's uh, he's um, he's not hurt. But they took MRI and a CAT scan. Um, and if they took an MRI and a CAT scan, uh, if there is a problem with him, whatever that problem is, they know by now. Uh, I just uh, I saw, as a matter of fact, uh, Willie. I saw uh, Coach Tomlin on the news, and as I told a friend of mine that was coming in, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Frank Minifield one of the greatest cornerbacks of all time. Frank and I were talking about the game. We watched it. Uh, it, it, it. It bothered Frank so much, he says he can't even watch it again. Um, but I uh, took notice to um, Coach Tomlin, it wasn't so much of what he said as it was what he did not say that got my attention. What he, okay. did, what he did say is he said that it was hard to leave the hospital last night. That, that spoke volumes to me when he said that. Because I, for, uh, it's just me. I'm just picturing him in that hospital looking at a young man that was living a dream that he had dreamed for years that Mike drafted him in the first round. And Mike made his dreams come true. And now Mike's looking at him in the, in the bed. And it's like the dream might be over. Because when he, when he said, the way he said it, was, it was, it was hard to leave that hospital. Why would it be hard to leave the hospital if everything's okay? You know that somebody's son, you know that's, you know, one of your best players. Probably you got a good relationship with him because, you know, he's your quarterback on defense and he, he, he can't walk. He can't walk. And, right. and Mike didn't say that he couldn't walk. Mike didn't say that he didn't have Philip, but because Mike didn't say that, knowing that the world wanted to hear that, it scared me a little bit. 
I'll be honest. I'm I'm I'm, I'm a little shook right now as I, as I sit here in the studios. I'm shook because I, I I've been I've been there, I've been Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I've been on the field where I've been hit or I've hit somebody and I've been paralyzed and couldn't move. And I just prayed and the good Lord Jesus just brought it back to me. But but that that is a scary feeling and then I I, I just I'm I'm still pitching Ryan on that field and it's just so scary to see him grab his back, flip over and his, then his arms up in the air. You know, it's almost like he wanted that referee to pick him up. Right. I, I don't know if you saw it. Did you did you see that? I have. I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like yeah. he like he was reaching up to the ref with both his arms out. Um and the ref just patted him on the chest, you know, and um and again, to me, that was that was not the most in terms of the force and impact was not the most violent hit of last night. It I believe it was because of the position of his head and where it was located, where he made contact to the receiver's body at was the place it didn't give right in the hip area. And again, the head was down. That, 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 this is something that I think we need to bring more attention to when people talk about playing football and, and hitting and tackling. I, I had a coach at Ohio State by the name of Pete Carroll. Uh, Pete was my secondary coach my junior year. Nick came in. Nick Saban was my secondary coach my senior year but um and Pete was one of those coaches that at that time Pete had all the energy he has now at 60 plus he had it at probably 29 or 30 but what Pete didn't want Pete didn't want the players to bring that kind of excitement and energy and uh, uh, he, he didn't want that animation he did not want that as a player he felt as it was Again, it was a bit too much on me, 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 me. I did this, I did that. He, he didn't want any of that. And so there was no celebration after a big hit or something like that. He didn't allow us to do it. Now he joins in and, <laughs> with his players. But I, I just, when, when, you, when you see these things, and Pete was the person who taught me. I never in my life been taught to hit anybody in the face. Never in my life. He comes in Ohio State University. He teaches us to hit the man in the face. If you did not hit him in the face, there are at least three people I could get on the phone right now. I call the names out. Vince Gillings, Bob Murphy, Norm Burroughs. Those three guys were in the secondary with me. They, uh, Vince start, was a starter. Todd Bell, rest his soul in heaven, is not with us anymore. Rod Gorley, he's in heaven too. He's not around anymore. Sean Gale. Sean Gale used to play for Chicago Bears. Sean will tell you, Pete taught us to hit the receiver, the running back in the face. No place else in the face. And it's that kind of teaching that is still in the, the thought process of some of these players that they play the game like that, and you, 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 you dream of that hit because you see it because he showed it to you on film what it looks like, and then if you get one, then you see yourself doing it. It is the most fulfilling thing that I've ever really done when it came to the game, you know, in terms of, okay, this is the way the coach told me to do it, and I did it, and the results that I expected to get, I got. Am I paying for it now? Hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, this is this is... You know, this is what you're taught. This is how you're taught to do your job. Right. But now the guys are taught, no, you can't do your job like that anymore. We don't want that anymore. But that was an element of entertainment that the crowd went, woo. Yeah, and just as, even as recently as maybe five years ago, I mean, there was a segment on, as you say, the Big Boy Network, Jacked Up. Jacked Up. Oh, yeah, that's, that, that's what Tom, Tom Jackson, Tom from Cleveland, yeah. played for the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I used to I, I used to say, you know why they call that jacked up? Because that's no. Jack that's Jack Tatum. <laughs> now I added wow. I added that to it. When you got jacked up, you really got Jack Tatum. That's what that was. Right. Yes. Right. Right. But you're exactly. Oh. That's the entertainment value. That's they were selling that entertainment value. The National Football League was doing that. Yep. You are exactly yep. I mean, right. DVDs. That's DVDs. Right. And you know, and 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 you know, Willie, as a player. A player want just like you wanted to be on the Sports Center. You wanted to be on Jacked Up. Right. You wanted Tom to be talking about a hit that you made on somebody. 
Exactly. When I was a kid on Saturday morning, we used to get up NFL's greatest hits on Saturday morning. When I was a kid in the in the, in the early seventies, you know, NFL films that you know they they had NFL's greatest hits. You know, they were showing you people getting hit hard, and so that's the way we that's how we learned how to play football. Right. Hitting is as much part of the football game as anything else. As much as blocking and tackling, the violence of the game is what they sold. And the Steelers, don't, don't surprise me that the Steelers are in this conversation because the Steelers have always been known to be a very, 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 very aggressive football team. Very aggressive. And, and it's interesting that um, despite... The injury last night, the team was able to focus, and I, I want to move on now to how, how well they, they played. I think they were down like by 17 points, I believe it was. But yeah. th this is a team that, um, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they're, they're a team that obviously they, they know how to win. A lot of people don't know how to win football games. I've just got to say that. You know, they're, they're talking about now how analytics are so much a part of the game in my mind, the analytics should be applied to time management, allowing you to close out a game and to take possession of a ball and retain it in such a way that the other team cannot get it back with enough time to win. Because there's a couple guys, don't give Ben Roethlisberger, don't give Russell Wilson, don't give Tom Brady the ball at the end of the game with some time on the clock. Right. You're not going you're not going to win. No, you're not. And so did you think you, you think the Steelers did a good job last I mean, obviously they they won the football game. I mean, they very methodically went about their business. You know, it's almost like somebody I man, I never was one of them dudes who ran track. I didn't understand why them dudes would go out there and be throwing up and stuff. I'm not gonna do that, but it's like right. somebody you know, you know, what one in the uh, the quarter or the four by four, and somebody walking somebody down, and you see, you'll see them. Everybody start going, ooh, running him down, running him down, and that's what that's right. that's what the Steelers did last night. And I, I I'm gonna give Coach Tom a lot of credit for that because he he coached he managed his team extremely well, right down to the very last second. You know, kicker ain't never missed against the Bengals. <laughs> you know, right. you know, and 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 then you you turn the ball over, let them get the ball back at the end of the game. I, I just I just I just do not understand that. What do you think of? Do you think the Steelers played a good ball game last night? Uh, they played a great second half. I'll yes, first half, no. Um, I mean, they were like you said, they were down seventeen to three at halftime, and really that three. Uh, like you just said it, giving Roethlisberger the ball with limited time in the second, you know, into the second quarter, and he drives him down the field for at least getting some points on the board, developing that mom that momentum to carry him on in the second half. So yeah, I was. Uh, it's interesting you say that because I, I remember the drive where they drove the ball down, and instead of them getting a touchdown, they got three points. But that was, mm -hmm. I, I knew that was okay. I knew that was okay. Yeah. For some other teams, you might think, no, you need to get a touchdown then. Because you're not going right. to you know, drive the ball down again. But I knew if Ben needed to drive the ball down the field again and get a touchdown, that he would. Got it. And it's the Bengals. And, and we've talked about this you know, for several weeks now. You know, this is Marvin Lewis's 15th year in Cincinnati. And for all intents and purposes, could be his last. So, you know, honestly, it shocked me more. <laughs> it shocked me more that the Bengals were winning than the Steelers were losing, if that makes sense. Because... You know, we know what the Steelers are. You know what we thought they were. They're ten and two right now, tied with uh, New England. Who, by the way, they play in two weeks in Pittsburgh with probably the number one seed in the AFC on the line. So you kind of expect the Steelers to do what they do. So to see Cincinnati, you know, on Monday night winning seventeen nothing, you know, perhaps it was a little uh, heaviness over the Steelers after seeing their. Conrad Ryan Cesar carted off. Maybe that played a role in their uh, their first half, but they came on the second half and they took care of business. Yeah, they did. They did. And uh, I, what I what I believe is that uh, you know, regardless of what Cincinnati had, I think 
the Steelers still knew who they were playing. They were playing the Bengals. They knew what they could do. You know, it's like when you're playing ball against a certain dude, you know what you can and what you cannot do. When LeBron, right. when LeBron is playing against certain people, he know what he can do and what he can't do. And, sure. and, and the Steelers had that kind of command last night. So it, it does, I, I think even when they were down 17-zip, I don't think they ever felt that they were out of the game. I, I didn't feel that way because no. I just, I, you know, I know the weapons that they had and I knew the amount of time that was on the clock. Looks like we got to take another break. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got my man Willie Gibson with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk. With James Loving, every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, on the line with me now, Willie Gibson. Uh, Will, we were we were just talking there, and and um, as we went to a break, uh, of course, what matters to me, I want everybody to know, is uh, Ryan Shazier, and uh, please pray for him uh, and a speedy recovery. Uh, he's in a hospital in Cincinnati. Hopefully, be going to one in Pittsburgh soon, uh, but a full speedy recovery. I hope. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see mm-hmm. more see more of the young man. But um, as we were talking about the Steelers um, and, and how they seem so in control, it, it, it kind of gave me a chance or allows me a chance to roll over to the next segment. And what I want to talk about is because it kind of broke my heart as, as, I, as I watched um, a, a display of excellence by uh, Russell, last name Wilson, if you will, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and what, what he did to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, I'm 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 a person, and this is this is Ray's concept of the business of sports, uh, the game, not the business. Let's say the game of sports, and the way I assess the game, I believe in what's called, and I've never heard anybody use this term, but I'm going to take ownership to it, is position production. I believe that for a team to win a game, that there are positions that are very active in the game that the person on the winning team is more productive for his team when he's up against the other person. He wins more of those battles. And Russell tends to win all the battles for his team right now because he's basically, he's, he's, he's a one-man show. With the exception yeah. of, uh, with the exception of, you know, he throwing away, he got, he got, you know, he got my man, he got a couple good wide receivers, tight ends, excellent, 
other wide, uh, other wide receiver Pro Bowl. He ex he's excellent too. So he does have some weapons around him. But um, the Legion of Boom, man, that, them brothers have been blown up. You know, they just, but, but, but still, they got the big fella in the middle. They got a good, great guys up defensive line, and, and they still got a couple pieces, one piece in the back in the secondary. But that basically is a team that is a little reflective to me, if you will, of the New England Patriots in the sense that, you know, okay, whoever steps in has got to step up. You're a professional ball player. I, I don't believe in, and I don't know how you feel about this, Will, but should the production really be that much of a drop-off when somebody has to come in because somebody's hurt? I don't think it should be. No, it shouldn't. It should not be because, as you said, it's the same system. It's the next man up mentality. So, you know, you know we've been you know, told so many times before the, the level of talent in the NFL the, the the line between first string, second string is not uh, that wide. So you're right; it should be very little drop off, if any. It, it's not, and I can tell you this: I can tell you that's it's, it's not. And one reason why to, to to hold firm to the belief is it's a reason why a lot of players don't want to come out. Players don't want to come out the game because when they come out the game and somebody else comes in, absolutely, you don't you don't get it back. That, ha that happened to me a couple times. It happened to me in college, and, and it happened to me in the pros. You know, it was uh, in, in, in college, a uh, man got hurt. I step in. I get a chance. God blesses me. Give me a little bit of talent. I get a chance to show my thing, and okay, now it's, it's mine. And, and, and in pros, it was time for them to take a look at everybody, and everybody get a chance, and, and I got a chance. And, Lord, Jesus, they gave me a chance, and whew, you know, and uh, it's one of those things I, I'll never forget. My first game I ever started in, and I, I played a safety. I'll never forget I made 18 tackles. I was trying to hit everything that moved, you know. Sure. And so it's like, okay, uh, you, you put me in there. Okay, here we go. And plus the running back was from Michigan, too. So, you know, I was trying to get him every time I could. <laughs> but, 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 but no, but Russell Wilson, is, is, I mean, he is, I'm, I'm going to say he's unique in a sense that Russell does everything, and I, I, you know, anybody who listens to the show knows that I'm one of those people that I don't. I, a quarterback, just because you're a quarterback, does not mean that you cannot be mobile. Does not mean that you cannot extend the play. That you can't run. You should be able to run. As a matter of fact, quarterbacks remind me of pitchers. When we were young, you know, like Pee Wee, Pop Warner, normally the pitcher and the quarterback were probably the best athletes on the team. They could do every. They could do everything. I was saying when the pitchers get to to Major League Baseball, they can't hit no more. That blows my mind. <laughs> they can't. They, can, they, they can't hit no more. A quarterback, although ah, uh, shout out. Who am I shouting out to? I'm shouting out to somebody because somebody took one of their backup quarterbacks, had them playing special teams this weekend. I saw that. Did you see that? No. No. Yeah. Somebody has, and and he made a couple tackles on kickoffs. And maybe punts. Yes. Yeah. So I, I believe that. Um, I believe that. And uh, so so do you, uh, looking at the Seattle Seahawks and the Eagles going in there and not being able to come out with a victory, did, was there any message? What would you get out of that? What would you think about the fact that uh, Seahawks was able to beat the Eagles and everybody had the Eagles already in the Super Bowl, including myself? Oh, well, we all know, you know, your, well, your loyalty is live. <laughs> uh, as far as the Eagles are concerned, but um, now you can't say uh, that the Eagles didn't look like they were one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFC at this particular time. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know that they aren't now. I, I still think they may be. I mean, they they were in a nine game winning streak, so now they're ten and two. So I don't, I don't know if this pretty much, you know, doom, you know, seals their fate and doom and gloom for the rest of the season. Well, somebody else and is ten and two right there beside them too. Uh, that's I can't think of. I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but. Uh, well, I know uh, New England. Uh, I'm sorry, New Orleans nine and three. Yeah, the, uh, no, no, the Saints are. I think I, are the Saints not well, ten and two? Yeah, well, the Patriots and the Steelers are ten and two in the AFC. Okay, okay. The NFC, um, the Eagles are pretty much you know stand alone right now. But I mean, it was a game. Well, they, you mentioned the Saints you know, now. Now you can't tell me the Saints didn't look good to you. It's that that running back the Saints got. Oh, oh my, oh my God! 
But to mention, to go back to Russell, you mentioned we've been speaking about Russell Wilson. He's leading his team clearly in passing yardage. And, so right, and rushing. I think he's leading and them in rushing. rushing. Yes. Yeah, and, and I saw them the other day, uh, Ray, that absolutely blew me away when they said the Seahawks have scored 30 touchdowns this year on offense. He's responsible for 29. Yeah, you see what I mean? 20, 26 passing, three rushing. Mm. T.D. McKissick uh, scored a rushing touchdown. He's the other one, accounting for the other one. Mm. But, I mean, that guy right there, I mean, and I know Carson Wentz is your guy. We've been hearing Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, MVP. No, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a Russell Wilson fan. Let me yeah, just say that. You got to throw him in there. I'm, I'm, him in there. Oh, I'm a fan. Oh, no, no. Russell Wilson... When you look at it, you know, he has, uh, he should be in the conversations of MVP. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it in my mind. That, uh, Again, that, you know, like you said, the, the Legion of Boom, they've had, I mean, Richard, Richard Sherman out for the year, Cam Chancellor out for the year. You know, they've had a lot of injuries on that uh, defensive side of the ball, and Russell just keeps doing what he does. Yes, yes. Well, I, I'll tell you what, um, no, I am a huge Russell Wilson fan, and uh, with the exception of the play that I think, again, I, I think Pete called the play. The only thing about it, I think if I was Russell Wilson, uh, I would have changed that play in the Super Bowl, and I would have told the world that I changed the play because the coach right. called for a pass, and, and I got beast mode behind me. I'm, I'm going to give it to him every, every, every time, you know. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I, I'm – I, I, you could flip a coin. I don't care who it is. If one side is one side is somebody else, the other side of Russell Wilson, I'll, I'll tell you. If it lands on Russell Wilson, I got him. And and Russell said something in an interview a couple of weeks ago when he was uh, with John Gruden, and it just it, again it was one of those things where it just stuck with me because he didn't blink. He said no fear. And I, I you know it just ooh I mean just to say that uh, the way he said it. You know, he said, you know, there's, there's no fear. It's like he's, he's, he's at no time is he ever afraid of anything on that football field, any situation, any person, any team, any circumstances. No, there's no fear. And when you have a man that plays a game like that, fearless, and he plays the game fearlessly, but he also is a very intelligent man the way he plays the game. He, he, he's not the biggest man in the world, so we know he, he, he does a great job of protecting himself, unlike, you know, some people say about Cam. Uh, but when you got a bigger body, you know, you, you may not be as limbo uh, and able to do the, the things uh, in athletic with your body as, as Russell is. Um, so, um, no, I, I, I love Russell Wilson. I love the way he manages the, the game. Uh, no, he executes. He, now, he don't manage. Manages when they send the plays in and cause black. That's the man. Execution is what you got to do when they send a play in. And so he's he's he does it as well as anybody, and I'm I'm so happy for them. Um, some people I think have written them off a little earlier. They were talking about the offensive line and everything, everything else that was bad about the Seattle Seahawks, other than the fact that this is still a team that's led by Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll is still the coach. I think as long as those two are there, and I think next time Pete calls a play like that, Russell gonna tell him, "No, hell no, we ain't throwing it on the one yard line no more." <laughs> uh, I, I think they got a um, a good chance. So um, Green Bay Packers did. I don't even want to. I really don't want to get into that. But uh, I just want to shout out to Brett. The young man got a, a win, so I was happy about that. But uh, um, there are a couple other things that I do want to talk about. But uh, you, you certainly see uh, you see the Seahawks coming out of the what is this the West over here? I, I don't see certainly the Cardinals ain't coming out. Um, right. The Rams, uh, the Rams. Uh, in fact, I, I think I'm gonna uh, make a trip to to LA and uh, check the Eagles out playing the Rams. Um, I don't know. I don't know that. I, I, this weekend, isn't it? Uh, it sure is. But but I still. But let me just say this. Still hard for me to bet against Russell Wilson and anybody. But the Eagles and the Rams. That's a different story, you know. But um, can 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 Russell? Uh, I'm not sure what the standing is right now in terms of uh, who's where, uh, but uh, certainly if they don't come out with the division, uh, I think they'll get a wild card. So I think they will. They, right now, uh, the Rams have a one-game lead over the, the Seahawks in the NFC West. Well, hopefully the Eagles uh, can help the Seahawks out a little bit this weekend. 
We'll see. If we, we'll see if we can help if we can help them out a little bit, because they uh, okay. they mess things up for us. <laughs> so uh, we'll see if we can help them out. But we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back. We'll talk a little bit about the fiasco going up there in New York, media capital of the world, and how they just screwed everything up there. You know, but I, you know, for me, it's just like, hey, man, you know, that things happen. We're gonna take a break. This is the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a marriage. We'll take a break and be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you're the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And Phoenix Living Like a Matter to my man Will Gibson on with me. Well, man, I, I just couldn't wait to talk to you about this, man, because, um, you know, I believe there are two quarterbacks uh, today that people talk about when they talk about the GOAT, and that name is Joe Montana, and the other is Tom Brady. Tom's playing now, Joe played before. Right. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Montana finished his career in Kansas City. Am I right? That is correct. Okay, so you got the greatest of all time, which he was, his stature at that time while he was playing. First of all, benched before he left because, of course, Steve Young got a chance to start for the 49ers and then traded or cut and ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why, what is this thing where everybody's so surprised because Eli Manning was benched for somebody else, regardless of who it is, that, that how dare you bench Eli? Who Eli's not the goat. Well, 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 it's just business as usual. It happens to everybody. What, what, why? Why is it? Does he have a contract that says I can't be benched? He might. No, 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 he doesn't. <laughs> but that being said, I, and I, I get your point. I think and you said because of who it was. I, that's just it. You bench. I mean, this guy won two Super Bowls for you. Say what you want. He is a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Now, get the analogy with Joe Montana. Yes, he got benched for Steve Young. You benched Eli Manning, Eli Manning for Geno Smith. That's preposterous. There's no way in the world. Did, first uh, of all, okay, so if you want, okay, so that it's, it's, not, it's not the audacity to bench him. It's the who you benched him for. That's what you're saying. It is. Okay. It is because if, if you if you sit Eli and you say, look, we got we got to get a look at the young guy, Davis Webb, the rookie, third round pick from Cal. Okay, we get it. That makes sense. You gotta you gotta see what you got with him because more than likely you're looking at a top five, top seven pick in this upcoming draft. There's three, maybe four top quarterbacks coming out. You got to see what you got to see if you need to go after a quarterback. So if you say, Eli, we need you to sit, we're going to go after the young fella, that's that's one thing. But Geno Smith, no way. And and then to that point, um, Ray, and this is my issue with Kaepernick, which is a whole other story. Kaepernick had a contract. He opted out. He refused a pay cut to go to Denver. 
that's why he's not in the league. That's another story. To this point, Eli was offered the opportunity to start, and, and then in the second half, they bring in the young guy to get a look. And, you know, his principles would not allow him to continue that way, and uh, he chose not to start. But well, I, I, I can, I can, I, let me speak to that point. Now, I, I can understand that yes. because for, but the only thing I didn't agree with that with Eli, Eli, they were going to help him keep the streak alive, would add it to his legacy. Now, here what I will say is that the thing about it, Eli should have taken that because, first of all, if you get in and you're doing well, they're not going to take you out. If, they, if you know, if we, if we up 21 zip at halftime, they're not going to take you out. But listen, we got to call okay. our, our good friend Keith is in from, uh, Philadelphia, and he wants to get in one real quick. Keith, you got to uh, get it in real fast. I think we're on a on, on the last yeah, leg of the quick, show. Ray, just telling you guys to uh, watch out for Philly to rebound against the Rams. You're going to have a really tough game. Uh, I'm not going to predict a winner or loser, but I want to say that Philly's going to be able to rebound. Um, oh man, what do you mean you're not going? Wait, wait. How can you say that and then not say you're going to say who's going to win or lose? <laughs> Rams are good. I'm surprised with them, but they're good. They're, they're a good team as well. I think a lot of people are surprised with the Rams this year, but uh, but certainly we you know we can't be an Eagles fan at this time and not say uh, with an affirmative that the Eagles are going to win because the Eagles can't afford to to keep losing. They, they probably already won the East, but uh, you know they want to they want to have home field advantage throughout the uh, NFC playoffs. So uh, we we need them to win. We need them to win, but we also need them to have that kind of experience like they got last week. They, they were a little bit tight. I mean, it was obvious they were a little bit tight. They needed this level of competition to, to get a different level of confidence because, you know, Ray, you go into the playoffs, that's the second season. It's a whole new ballgame. Yeah. Whole and different. Well, this, Keith, I will not say that this is going to be uh, a duplicate experience for them uh, playing against the Rams as opposed to playing against Seattle. Like you said, Seattle is a, is a, is a, a playoff atmosphere. They've hosted games there. That's, that's also, uh, in the last five years, been a, a Super Bowl championship team and, you know, a playoff team this year. So I, I think that that experience that they had last week in Seattle is going to be completely different than this one. That's why I think they stand a better chance to win uh, if I had to pick the two, of course they stand a better chance in my mind to beat, um, you know, the Rams as opposed to going into Seattle and trying to beat them. Okay. So we're, we're going to see, man. But, I, oh, Keith, come on, man. You, when you call about the Eagles, man, you got to be <laughs> affirmative. That, that answer's got to be that's a strong yes, uh, we, we will win. So, uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I believe we will win. Absolutely. But I think it's going to be a very tight game. Uh, you do think it's going to be tight? Okay, so how's the, how's the uh, injury report this week? Anybody uh, banged up this week? Nah, nothing serious. We're doing okay. So, uh, so we get back to the East healthy, we'll be in good shape. Yeah, well, uh, that's what it is. We hope nobody gets hurt uh, this game. So uh, what do you think about Carson's performance uh, this past weekend? I, I think that this probably, in my mind, what I saw wasn't his best game. I don't know if it was his worst, no. but it certainly wasn't his best. Tight. He played tight. He needed this level of experience, is what I'm saying. So you think, um, you think it was... from it. it, but he was tight. Yeah, I, I, I certainly expected him to play a better game, particularly going into the game. I, I think the competition, you know should help you elevate your play when you're playing when you're going up against the best you want to play your best and I think Russell Wilson I think he took this game personally you know all of a sudden you know Carson's a you know top quarterback in the NFC and they forgot that Russell had won a Super Bowl you know and forgot who they were and they were coming in his house and I, I, I think he was on I think he was on a mission and um certainly our, our secondary who I, I think we got an excellent secondary I think they were compromised a bit and and they got to play better this week for sure. Cause you got another young man out there who who wants to prove that uh, uh, that he was not uh, um, a mistake. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So Keith, did you see the uh, did you see the game last night? Uh, we, we were talking earlier. Yeah. Talking what earlier about yeah. So we were talking earlier about the the violent collision, of course, with uh, Shazir. You're you're there in Philadelphia. You guys hear anything? Any updates lately? Uh, it was real quiet about uh, it on the news today. Not a whole lot going on. Um, you know, we have a history of some violent safety, so um, I was actually surprised there wasn't a whole lot of chatter going on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, one other quick thing. Uh, I got you on basketball. Uh, Sixers. Hey. Uh, yeah. Winning record so far. Uh, hey. hey I, we I, don't know how to act. The pro <laughs> it's the process, man. It's the process. You got to trust in it. It looks like it's working. 
Absolutely. But... Uh, I'm happy to see them win it again, man. The basketball town, you know, the statue of Doc out front there, man. There's no way you should have a team that doesn't represent him and and the city. So uh, finally, competitive again at the pro level. We really needed that as a city. So it's going to be hard to get a ticket when I come back then, huh? There's, uh, the tickets are selling out now. You, I guess I guess they were giving them away uh, at their, uh, last year's maybe season. At the end of last year's season. <laughs> Yeah, no more 176s, that's wow. sure. That's history now. There you go. Okay, thanks for calling in, Keith, and uh, we'll appreciate you, man. So uh, we're going to have to turn out the lights and uh, going to have to come back next week. Hopefully when we come back next week, we'll be talking about a victory. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about Buckeyes real fast there, but uh, maybe I still got Will on there. Will, uh, we got about 30 seconds, man. The Buckeyes, uh, did you expect them to get in or not? I expect them to get in, but I understand why they didn't. I mean, you got to handle business. We talked. We we talked about the Iowa loss. Uh, that was ugly, two days man. After it happened, that was ugly. Oh, real ugly. You know, you're exactly right. You know, it's uh, who you got beat by and how bad you got beat. Yeah, that was. Uh, but I, I'm okay with it because we we get a game that is uh, an historical matchup between uh, USC Trojans and the Ohio State University Buckeyes playing against each other, just in the wrong state. It's, it's that game is supposed to be played in the granddaddy of them all. At the Rose yeah. Bowl. Uh, that's the yeah. only bad thing about that. But uh, that should be a good game. I'll, I'll of course, be uh, rooting for the Buckeyes. And uh, um, perhaps maybe we'll come out there. I'm going to say we're coming out with a victory, Keith, so you can't come back on me because I know he probably would. So, um, well, okay, appreciate you, uh, Will. And uh, for those of you out there listening, thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.